Kennedy Street, please visit kennedystreetcio.org. Recovery is possible. When the camera rolls, you see, there you go, look at that. Getting better and better at this. Hi everybody, my name's Claire and I am really pleased to be here today, particularly. I'm always pleased to be here, but particularly today. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I am the CEO and founder of Kennedy Street Foundation. So we're better known as Kennedy Street CIO. And we're a Brighton-based charity um, that's got recovery at its heart, really. Um, we're really passionate about recovery. Both Kev and myself are in recovery, um, and we've been in long-term recovery for 22 years now. I know I don't look that old. That's what you're thinking, I know. Um, and it's an absolute honour and privilege to be here. Our hope is that we can use our platform to spread the message of hope and to help those of you out there who might be struggling or you might have a loved one who's struggling. Um, we want to bring um, some amazing stories of transformation to our platform to inspire you guys out there. And today we have an amazing young man um, with us uh, called Jay, lovely Jay in sunny Scotland. And yeah, he's going to introduce himself in a little while and give us a little bit more of uh, his story. Um, but what I will do at this point is I will introduce my very handsome husband who's wedged on our bed looking ever so humble about my compliment. Over to you, Kevin Bear. Hello, 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 everybody. Uh, yep, yeah, uh, I'm Kevin Kennedy. If you need to put a face, <clears throat> to the dulcet tones, uh, I used to play Curly Watson Coronation Street for many, many years. Uh, I'm not in my normal uh, situation today, which is in my little room with my guitars and everything, because uh, unfortunately our boiler packed up, uh, which is in the process of being fixed as I speak. So I've been relegated to the uh, the only warmest room in the house, uh, the bedroom. Um, so I'm here, which is nice. It's very comfortable. Uh, so we've got a few problems. Claire keeps going in and out of sync, just in case you've gone deaf or there's something wrong with your hearing. You haven't. So, but she's back in again, but she might go in and out and in and out and in and out. <clears throat> so today we're going to be speaking to a young man called Jay, who's from Scotland, uh, about cocaine and cocaine anonymous. Um, so this is a powerful tale, actually, um, a powerful um interesting and moving story um so i won't say much more about it because i think it's just worth listening to so ladies and gentlemen uh please a warm welcome for for jay off you go jay thank you kevin and thank you claire you know thanks claire for asking me and you know you asked me before if i was nervous and i wasn't and then i seen that live button in the, in the corner and oof, you know it ran over me but you know i'm, I'm grateful to be here thanks to the both of you for the work that you're doing, you know, and, and getting the message out to people, man, it's fantastic, you know, and, and that was what was asked of me when I came into the doors, is if you manage to get through this programme successfully, you know, just make sure that you stick around, you pass it on to other people, 
which is why I jumped at the chance today to, you know, get a message out there of, of hope, you know, and, and, and that it's possible to do it, you know, because believe it or not, I was hopeless. You know, I didn't have any any hope, you know, my life was going nowhere. Um, but yeah, I can only share today in my experience, you know, what happened to me. Um, and, you know, if you're out there and you're struggling, you're listening to this, so like Kevin said, if you're just a family member of, of, of someone that's struggling, you know, there's there's ways and there's means out there, you know, through 12-step fellowships, you know. I've, I personally exhausted a lot of avenues, you know. I thought maybe I could do this and stop and do that and stop. And the only thing that worked for me was a 12-step program within a 12-step fellowship, you know, with um, other people around me who had gone through the same thing supporting me. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's amazing, you know, when I look back and, see how far I've came in 13 months is my life has done a complete 180 you know and I've gone the other way but I'll start from from the beginning you know I, I believe it started when I was 13 um, and I actually got diagnosed with cancer you know that's my story and I was if you could pick a candidate that that wouldn't be diagnosed with cancer you know I was definitely yeah, I was fit as a fiddle I'd never touched a drink or a drug or, or smoked or anything like that and um and yeah, you know, big shock to the system, big shock to the family. Uh, and so I went through a course of chemotherapy and stuff like that. And during my treatment, my life had actually been taken away from me, but it had been given back. And, and I woke up in intensive care and, and I pondered the question, you know, if, if there's a God, you know. That's when I first pondered the question, if there's a God. You know, CA is, is quite based on having a belief in, in that there's something out there greater than ourselves. You know, that's that's a foundation of, of what Cocaine Anonymous is. And and other 12-step fellowships, you know, and today I pondered that, I pondered that question in an intensive care unit. And I was, I was always thinking about me, you know, uh, alcoholism, the ism at the end is I, self, and me, because we're always thinking about ourselves and, you know, how if there's a God out there, how can this happen to me? You know, how can it happen to me? And I just, I declared myself an atheist from that day. But anyway, I came into remission and I went back to school and stuff at 14. Uh, and, you know, I suffered from a superior complex, you know, that you can come in and, and you can feel worse than people, you know, all the time. But I had that superior, you know, I always felt better than, uh, you know, which is which I learn all the, all these words, you know, when I come into the doors, you know, I, I'm not aware of, I've never been more aware of myself, you know, than when I come in and do a 12-step program and, and see the truth in things. But, you know, I always thought I was better than someone. And I was getting treated like it as well, you know, because... People looked up to me as this, I don't know, you know, I just cleared cancer. It's, it's, not, it's not been seen, you know, and, and I was standing in school still looking like a, a patient, you know, and people were intimidated by that. And, and I saw so it. I just, uh, you know, I jumped on top of it and I started acting like I, like I thought I should be, which, you know, sooner or later I start hanging around with people I shouldn't be hanging around with, you know, and, and, I, and I tried the first drug that I said I'd never, ever try which was marijuana, you know, and I thought I came into Cocaine Anonymous on the back of a cocaine problem. Uh, but when I come into Cocaine Anonymous, it tells me I suffer from a threefold illness, you know, and it's the mental obsession partnered with an allergy of the body and then all that's crowned with a spiritual malady, you know, being maladjusted to life, which I certainly was. And, and when I come in and, and I think I've got a cocaine problem, I get told about this. 
it's disease, you know, because there's no doubt in my mind it's a disease. It's a killer disease, you know, it kills thousands of people a year. There's no doubt in my mind. And uh, from the first joint I ever tried, smoked marijuana for five years every day after that. You know, my life wasn't unmanageable and, 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 I, and I could still function and stuff like that. But the addiction had me from the first from the first drug that I had, you know, and, and they'll set off seven years of going out the weekend, going out on the Friday night and coming home on the Sunday night and stuff like that. You know, you, you guys all know the story. And, but again, my life's not unmanageable, so I don't know, don't know what's wrong with me because my I, it's not got sore enough yet, you know, to be able to become willing to to be able to do something about it, you need to you need to hit a rock bottom, you know. And uh, so the last circumstance, you know, I had to break. I was working Monday to Friday and I was going out the weekend, you know, the weekend was wrote off and I was going out Monday, Friday. And working Monday, Friday and the Monday and the Tuesday I was full of fear from the weekend because I'd always black out, you know, I'd, Every weekend without fail, you know, I'd wake up in the Monday morning and I've mailed about 40 women. <laughs> and I say in the Monday, I'm never doing that again. You know, there's no chance I'm doing that again. Feeling the fear, not knowing what I said and not knowing what I did. Uh, you know, people text me, oh, you're so funny. And I'm just rippled with the fear. Like, didn't have a clue what they were talking about. You know, Tuesday, start to wear off a wee bit, but I'm still feeling bad. You know, I'm still never doing it again. Uh, and on the Wednesday, the group chat's talking about plans for the weekend coming ahead and boof, the mental obsession takes over, it totally forgets the pain, the fear of two days ago and it's concentrating, it's a mental obsession because it's obsessed about, about drinking and drugs and, and the next the next fix that I'm going to get, you know, and, and as soon as I put that first pint of the weekend into my body, I've set off the allergy, you know, which means that I can never ever overcome this craving that I've got, you know, no matter how much I, I put into myself. And I always thought it was the last one, you know, it turns out it was the first. You know, I come in and I learn it's the first and, and you know, one's too many and a thousand's never enough, you know, that's the saying that, that kicks about. And so, yeah, the last circumstance I had to break was to use and work, you know, I didn't use and work and I, myself, power, allowed me to do that for a certain time, you know, until it was, it was too late and, and I crossed that barrier and it was cocaine I took into my work. I worked in hospitality and and I, and I was hung over one day. My best pal at the time was a drug dealer, cocaine, and uh, got it off and no bother, went to work. You know, this will take away my, my hangover. Um, and, I'll, and I'll go through the day, you know, and it, and it did. It took away my hangover, no doubt about it. And I was in hospitality and I was every table, you know, on, on form, boom, boom. Um, but, you know, that's that was the start of my demise, you know. It was the start of my demise uh, because rapidly, you know, it took about a month. It took a month for me to be using daily, you know, waking up in the morning, skipping breakfast uh, because I had to have that fix, you know. But the night before that I'm sniffing in the morning, I'm wanting to kill myself. You know, that's how quick it was for me. I was suicidal within a month of using it and it, and it got me. Morning, noon and night, I was picking up my days off uh, to pay a tick bill that I've amounted to um, that I'm still adding to at the same time. You know, it was a horrible cycle. So I'm chopping down the bill at one side, but I'm adding to it on the other side, you know, and it was just, you can never find a balance. And, and I worked for, you know, this was, this was a two-year cycle. Uh, you know, and it took me two months before I had ticked out 
over half a year of, of my income, you know, so I wasn't getting a penny. You know, I was walking to and from work because I couldn't afford the taxi. I don't drive either with holes in my shoes because um, I couldn't buy a new pair of shoes. Uh, but still, if someone came in the restaurant and I've got holes in my shoes, I'll be saying to the person next to me, look at the neck of his shoes. <laughs> you know, that's the type of person I was. I would hate myself, but I'd also judge you because I always felt better than no matter how low I was, you know. And coming home suicidal every night, wake up in the morning, mental obsession helps me forget the pain of the night before, you know, it was a few hours before, uh, before I'm phoning up and getting that next fix. And, and I felt like I couldn't speak to anyone. You know, if there's anyone out there that's in the position and they're just listening and they're burst and they feel like they're the only person going through this, you know, I've been there. You know, I felt like I was the only person out of 7 billion people in the world that's gone through this situation, you know, and I felt like I couldn't speak to anyone about it, you know, and it just was not the case. Came to came to the final day and the final day of my using, I had enough, you know, I felt horrible. Um I felt horrible uh, and I was gonna end my life. That's where it took me, you know, as again, I self me, you know, I'll be better definitely without having me around, you know, without having to carry this burden around because I can't speak to anyone and my mum will be better, my brother will be better, my sister will be better. I'm not serving my work even, my work will be better. You know, everyone will be better without me here. You know, that's the way I felt. Uh, and again, it's I can see it today to be selfish. You know, it really was a selfish move. But again, when you're when you're deep inside it, it seems like the right thing to do, you know. And I stayed behind work that night, um, plucking up the courage to go home and do it. You know, I, I had the plan of action and but I was, at this point, I was scared to live, but I was also scared to die, you know. I, was, I sat behind work for a good few hours and I was plucking up the courage to go home and, and to do it. Um, and divine intervention, you know, at one in the morning, I got a phone call. You know, I've not I've not had a phone call at one in the morning before and I've certainly not had one since. Uh, one in the morning, one of my good pals, still my good pal today, phoned me. Didn't even get a chance to say hello, you know, and absolutely everything came out, you know. Divine intervention for me. Today, I can see I've got a higher power in my life, that my higher power is looking out for me, you know. Um, that was on the 15th of November, 2019. My pal came and see me the next day, you know, he says, go home, get through the night. I'm, I don't care how you get through the night, you know, just do it. Get through the night, come and see you tomorrow. And that's what he did. And he took me to a pharmacist. And by this point, I've admitted my full story, you know, there's no turning back on it. He wasn't going to let it go, uh, which I'm grateful for, of course. And I was in this position to be honest about all my affairs um, because I had no other choice. You know, I'd exhausted every other avenue. I had no other choice, but to be honest, he took me to a pharmacist and and the pharmacist took me into a consultation room uh, and, I, and I was totally honest. I had the window of opportunity, what they talk about, you know, when, when because as a, as a drug addict, you know, as being honest was just not part of my, my persona, you know, I, I would, uh, I'd walk into my friend's house and and, t and told him that I'd I'd slept in his driveway when I when I hadn't, you know, just to get a laugh out of him, you know, just totally insane, making up lies left, right, and centre, you know, and didn't have the capacity to be honest to anyone. Um, and the, the pharmacist says, "All right, wait here for two seconds," and he comes back and he and he brings back a poster that says "Cocaine Anonymous." Um, on the poster was a meeting for the next day. You know, I got honest about my situation. My friend came and see me the next day. I get shown a poster and that meeting's the next day. You know, if that's not <laughs> a power greater than myself, 
these, you know, it's not coincidence for me today. You know, there's no such thing as coincidence in, in my life today. You know, if that's not clear evidence for me, you know, someone's something is out there looking after me, then then you know, it's just never more evident, you know, when I start going through this program and I start learning what this stuff is about. So I go to this meeting and I'm a shell, I'm a total shell of a boy, you know, I'm thousands and thousands of pounds in debt, skin and bone and uh and I, and I would tell you I'm a confident person, but inside, you know, my self-esteem is shattered. You know, as a lot of a lot of us addicts suffer with low, low self-esteem and, and an overinflated ego, and and you know, I couldn't I couldn't fit my head in the door, you know. But inside, I was broken, and and I and I thought and, and I felt nothing about myself, but I wasn't aware of that. You know, I had low self-esteem, but my my overinflated ego would tell you that there's no chance my self-esteem was low. You know, and I come to this meeting and get greeted by the door of, of people hugging me <laughs> you know it's a it's, it's a trademark of, of any fellowship is you know you go and, and you get cuddles and you know I've definitely missed that over the lockdown and uh, you know the live meetings are, are opening up again but it's it's elbow bumps you know and it's just not the same you can't beat a, a, a good old cuddle you know from a fellow addict and cuddles you know how you doing and, and getting me out of my shell you know and and it was important. It was important because the first couple of weeks I was so broken that I just my ears weren't open to listening. You know, I just I was so scared of going back out that I just knew that I had to get to these meetings, you know. I had to get to these meetings and I did and, and my ears started opening out and when you go to Cocaine Anonymous or you go to Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, you know, I I go to Cocaine Anonymous, but there's there's plenty of fellowships out there, you know, that that offer the same solution, you know, whatever works best for, for you personally, you know, just get to get to a twelve step fellowship is, is my is my opinion, you know, it doesn't really matter what one and uh, cocaine anonymous suited me because I had the cocaine problem, but um it, it deals with, with any any mind altering substance, you know, and, and when I come in and I start learning about my addiction, it's anything I put in my body, you know, marijuana, coke, MDMA alcohol i use it addictively you know there's there's i'm an addict who drinks alcoholically you know there's no doubt about it in my mind it just so happened to be that cocaine was the one that brought me to my knees so my ears start cleaning out and i start getting to meetings you know the people at my first meeting started there uh, they they basically were my lifeboat you know they all of them joined together with my lifeboat and and they were holding me up you know they were getting me to meetings and stuff like that and so grateful for it you know and my ears started cleaning out and, and you hear suggestions, you know, suggestions which, which, you know, you need to take as subtle commands, you know, if you're really here and you really want, you know, a fighting chance at being sober, you know, because it's total abstinence, uh, total abstinence, which was quite daunting for me, you know, I came in the room at 21 and uh, to be told that I had to be abstinent for the rest of my life. Um, and someone turned around to me and went, you don't need to be absent for the rest of your life. says, you just need to be absent one day at a time. And I was like, wow, I, like, I can do that. You know, one day at a time, I think I can do that. You know, and that's what I've done. I woke up in the morning and I just concentrated on the day ahead of me. You know, they say uh, yesterday's history and tomorrow's a mystery uh, and the present is a gift, you know. So so we try to keep it in the present and, and just live for the moment. Uh, because you can't change yesterday, you know, and if you're thinking about the future, then you're going to cause yourself anxiety, you know, just live in the moment and, and be grateful and, and at peace with where we are in this moment. So I thought, yeah, one day at a time, you know, I can do that. I really can do that. And and, and I, that's what I've done for 
not all the time, you know, nobody's perfect, you know, sometimes, sometimes I can, I can make mistakes, of course, we all can, but um, one day at a time, you know, so get up in the morning, concentrate, you know, how can I be, how can I be of service to people today, you know, just today, uh, and that's what I try and do, you know, so get as many meetings as possible was the first suggestion, said join a group, you know, the first meeting that I, I went to, I joined it there and then, you know, because I just, I didn't want to go back out the door, you know, to that, to that, that horrible existence, you know, I, I hit my rock bottom, you know, like, like I told you, and I, and I definitely know that there's, all I've done is, as I've put the shovel down, you know, I've dug my hole and I've put the shovel down and I've stopped digging, I know I can go back and grab that shovel at any time, you know, if I get complacent and, and stop doing the stuff that I need to do, um, join a group, you know, I joined a group, get a sponsor, you know, say the meetings is like the waiting room and, and the sponsor going through the big book is like the medicine, you know, there's, that is the reason I'm sitting here clean and sober today, you know, for over a year and I went through the steps with, with my sponsor, you know, he was a great guy and, and again, it was just how I met him was just, it's just crazy, you know, it's, it's not a coincidence, but uh, the meeting that I was in is, is in my area and it was, he was sharing it in the meeting. Uh, it was his first time in that area, you know, and, and he's 26, you know, it's just crazy things like that, you know, and he was putting my path and I'm grateful for it, you know, he's a, he's, he's a best friend today, you know, and a sponsor. Uh, he's taught me the meaning of, of true friendship. Um, so get a sponsor and I start going through this book and, and I start learning more and more about alcoholism and, and the disease and a higher power and, and stuff like that in the first four chapters and it's, it's it's amazing man it really is that book is I said you know nobody's perfect but see to be fair that's that book is pretty perfect you know if, if you identify yourself as an addict and alcoholic you know I suggest that you get to a, you get to a 12 step fellowship you know you get a big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and just have a read at the first few chapters you know and see if you you identify and stuff like that and, and uh, yeah you know so sponsor asked me before we start going through the program, you know, like I said at the start, if 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 you get this, you know, if you end up going from step one to twelve, all I ask is that you you continue to go to meetings and you continue to carry a message. And if someone asks you to sponsor them, you know, if you're willing, if you can do it, uh, to do it, you know, and that's what I've done since. And, and I've had the blessings of of taking people through the program. You know, I've had the blessings of sharing many times uh, in meetings and and just being total overwhelmed and electrified just off the fellowship itself you know it's the in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous you know it says it's a fellowship full um it's indescribably wonderful you know beautiful you know that's that's a word that is is in my vocabulary vocabulary these days you know that that might have been in my vocabulary before but you know not not in any nice ways you know it would be degrading a woman or something like that um today is beautiful as in my vocabulary and, and I say it on a daily basis, you know, and it, and it means to be connected to life, you know, to think that, that this stuff is just so beautiful because today, you know, I can see, I can see the truth in the matters, you know, I can see the truth between black and white, I know what's right and I know what's wrong and, and you know, it's just a brilliant place to be from, from the place that I was in and, and, you know, I've not really shared about any of the bad stuff I've done during, during my years and, you know, I don't feel... I don't feel like I need to, you know, but, you know, I was a dirty, dirty wronging. <laughs> uh, as we say in Scotland, a dirty wronging. Um, you know, I'd done some horrible things. Uh, and going through this programme, I was able to to approach certain people, making amends for that, you know, for, for the times that I've, I've done wrong and, and you know, own my part in it. Uh, and some beautiful experiences uh, have, have come up, 
due to this fact. You know, I've I'm I'm so grateful to to have this opportunity to to be as hopeless to go and take my life now to feeling like my life ahead of me is worth living is a massive step to take. You know, and I'm 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 so grateful for the opportunity to work this stuff. You know, and and it cost me. Ten pounds, you know, the book cost ten pounds, and and I've got it gave me my life back, you know, ten pounds to have my life back, you know, I'm taking that any day of the week, you know, uh, so if there's anyone out there struggling, you know, and I've been where you've been, you know, and there's thousands and thousands of other people who have as well, you know, if you feel like you're alone, it's the only thing that's that's stopping you is speaking to someone because you feel like you're the only person, you know, just do it, you know, I, I know you'll be full of fear and stuff like that because it's scary you know to admit maybe if you have a problem uh, because it was for me I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone uh, but talking to that boy that night saved my life uh, and quite possibly uh, it could save yours too you know so so I couldn't recommend it enough so I'm sort of drying up you know um, but thank you again for, for asking me you know it's, it's been a pleasure you to say you're an inspiration would be an understatement, Jay. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for for just being so honest, really. It's an honour and privilege to, to hear you. Um, and, and what an, a great sort of mission to tell. What a great story to tell, you know, a, a real story of hope. So for those that are out there struggling, you know, and there isn't ever, uh, you know, what I love love about you, Jay, is that you, you know, you've come, you've you've shared your experience, strength, and hope with us, and you're a young man. You know, I often meet young people, um, that that their war cry is, "I'm too young for this." You know, it's not. I can't imagine a life without drink, drugs, you know, and all of the other things. So. I do take my hat off to you, you know. There isn't there isn't an age limit on this stuff. Yeah. I think when you've had enough, you've had enough. And and like you so eloquently put, you know, sadly, but fortunately, it does take the gift of des- desperation yeah. to bring us to our knees for us to be able to do that real bold thing and ask for help because it's it is almost yeah. like an impossible situation to be in. Because you've got the addiction in your head telling you you don't ask for it you don't ask for help you don't you, you don't need nobody you just need me and it's it corners you and and what you did was you know you the real jay stepped in yeah. and asked for help and you know thanks god for that friend of yours and thanks god for that pharmacist and you know thanks god for cocaine anonymous you know being out there um sharing them posters man i love the fact that the pharmacist had a a poster in his chemist that's just absolutely fabulous so i want to thank you i've got loads of questions i want to ask you but i'm gonna just gonna hand over to kev so he can and tell you how wonderful you are thank you thank you jay that was um that was a real tale that was uh moving and and gripping I, I, I you know I, I was listening to every every word i wanted to know what happened next and um and you're absolutely glowing with with the fellowship i can tell you know you've embraced it you've you're a perfect advert for this especially as claire mentioned because you're so young and you know you've you've cheated death um twice really 
um, and your enthusiasm is catching. And I think what you've said uh, is going to be so helpful to a lot of people out there. Uh, it, and it is, it's a, it's a stunning story and, and very humbling. And I'm, I'm so grateful to you. We've had a lot of really good people on here um, who, who've had good tales, but that is up there, you know, because it's, your message is very, very important. Uh, I do want to know, though, now, what, what's your life like now? Did you, did you manage to get out of debt? Did you retain your job? Um, was it difficult making your amends? And for those who don't know what amends are, it's basically going around sorting out all the problems that you've caused with other people in, in the past. Uh, it's, it's a part of what we do uh, in the fellowship and uh, part of the, what the big book tells us to do. Uh, and I'd like to know, Jim, yeah, absolutely. How, so, you how know, is your life now? To the end of my, the end of my years, I mean, I was talking about the last couple of years. It was all, it was all done in work. You know, I was isolated from the world, um, and I'd actually got a promotion halfway through it. You know, to duty manager, and I worked in, in hospitality, and and I, as an addict, um, in the, in the in the motions, you know, you feel trapped. You know, you don't really feel you can go anywhere else. And I was, I was in a job where. I'd just been promoted, you know, and, and people are like my family and stuff like that. How are you getting on your job? And it was just sort of saving face, you know, and telling them, yeah, everything's good, you know, and it wasn't really something that I wanted to do as a career, but I'd exhausted my, hadn't exhausted, I felt like I'd exhausted my, didn't get any grades in school, you know, I tried the college route and I'd always blame education for not working for me uh, when it was always me, um, you know, and so I came into recovery, I got a clear head, was able to see, you know what, I was the problem. Education wasn't the problem. Uh, ended up parting ways with with that job, you know, in a hotel, and and since then, uh, basically started my life again this year, you know, and, and I'm going back to college to do in college. You know, I had a lecture this morning. I've got a lecture in the afternoon. Um, it's all on Zoom, uh, unfortunately, but you know, needs to be. So I'm back at college doing social science. You know, for someone that didn't think that. That I could ever do education because I thought education was the problem, you know. And I, I, I come in here, I get a total psychic change, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, there's not, there's not a better time for me to go to education, you know, and actually get a degree and actually do something that I'm passionate about, you know. Which for for me, the foundation of my life is, is working a twelve step program, you know. So if I can do a job, um, which is helping other people, uh, you know, that's that's the sort of route I'm looking to go down, you know, um responsible in, in a job part-time job in Morrison's you know that's where I work now which which is ideal for me so you know today my life is so simple it's it's education and a part-time job you know but it's it's everything you know it's it's everything for me amazing amazing and you know I think Kev's better off telling you this because this is what was told to him um about what was possible in recovery um and i think you know you, you're definitely going down that road anyway but what was said to you kev which which literally turned your life around in recovery what was said to me i was coming out of rehab and um this is 20 odd years ago now and i was, I was so unsure of myself um i was, I was scared of buses and, and life outside was was just scary everything was scary even familiar things were scary but i was told that as long as i didn't drink or use i could do anything i wanted to do 
because I'd been set free. Yeah. Um, and I really grasped onto that um, to ridiculous lengths um, because I thought, well, I, you know, what, 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 what do I, I mean? I had a very good job and I was, I was famous and, and, and that was great, but I, I needed more. I wanted to do more. And as well, I wanted to, I wanted to play more music. I, I wanted to, to hone my skills as an actor um, uh, to my detriment to a certain extent because the job I was doing came to an end. But when it came to an end, it was like a blessing because suddenly my world was open yeah. and it was a real sense of freedom, a real sense of freedom and anything is possible and accomplishment. All I've got to do is put my mind to it. And that's the way I felt. I mean, I did lots of things. I mean, I, I became what I wanted to be. I wanted, It sounds a bit egotistical, but, you know, in the context of the story, it's all true. You know, I became a recording artist. I I went to America and, and I played in America and, and I did get a gold album. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying to you that if, you, if you're listening, if you get or watching, if you get sober, you'll suddenly become an international pop star. That's not what I meant. What I meant is that your, your horizons yeah uh, are broadened and all of a sudden you've got a can-do attitude which i really had and although some of the stuff that the new stuff i was doing was extremely scary um it wasn't as scary as as it was when i was addicted to alcohol and drugs yeah. that was that was scary going on a west end stage was was nothing in compared to that mm -hmm. that had its own fears and i feel from what you said you you are you are feeling the same you you you, you know you've really grasped the opportunity you've you, you've got a target that you want to go into and, and you and you're going towards that mm. uh, and there's no better feeling in the world and you're absolutely right you know all right your job your life at the moment is quite simple you've got your, your part-time job and, and going to college and that's great because you know keep it simple yeah but your your goals are there and i'm sure you know, that's probably, with all due respect to yourself, is all you can handle at the moment is doing what you're doing in, in, um, in, in model and then and, and, and studying. But at the, the further you get on into, into your sobriety, you'll be able to handle more and you'll be able to cope with more and mm. you'll be more capable of doing so much more. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is, though, as well, is what you realise and what I heard quite quite clearly in your in your story, Jay, was that you know that these steps and these principles that you've learned through the twelve step program are foundational. It's not about it's not a cognitive like oh I know that now I can go off into the world and I can do anything. It's basically it's given your life a foundational block to build on, and 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 that's what I heard in your story because it is enormous. It is enormous what you've embarked on, and it is miraculous. You know, people underestimate the word and they, they go oh yeah you know I'm not sure for for this to work it has to be that big you know you have to have this psychic change this phenomenal experience and like what Kev said so for Kev as an actor his passion and his purpose was to do more music and to carry the story of storytelling that what he does so well in his acting um yeah 
further into the world and challenge himself, write books and all of that. So that's his passion and purpose. If you said to Kev today, do, what's your, you know, do you work hard? He'd say, you know what, I've probably never worked a day in my life because what he's found is he's found his passion and his purpose. And I think that's what you're starting to identify now. Like me, you know, um, I'm glad you're joining me because I've dedicated my life to, to helping people seek recovery. Um, and it's not because I thought it was a good idea. It's because it's the very least I can do. You know, I found by being in recovery and by working these steps and by being helped and loved and nurtured and cherished um, and introduced to that higher power, because I didn't have a concept of anything higher than myself, um, the very least I can do is dedicate my life to this stuff. And I know that that's why I've been given the gift. I've got no one's, I mean, I've done loads of studying. I've gone back to university. I've done the degrees. I've done all sorts of stuff. And what happens is I keep being brought back to the world of recovery. Um, and, you know, I'm of service today. And I'm, I'm, very, I'm very much led by my higher power who I do choose to call God, you know. Um, I'm also studying to be a priest, a vicar. So um, that's a new addition to my journey. Um, if you'd have asked me that 22 years ago, you know, would you ever consider, can you imagine, Kev? He'd have laughed so hard, he'd have probably fallen off, uh, off the bed. But you know something, it's the very least I can do today because my life's been so transformed and I've met so many amazing people like yourself. Um, I was 29 when I got recovery. I thought I was way too young for this stuff. So what I wanted to ask you, Jay, is for those that, that are watching, because this, this programme goes out to everybody, but a lot of the people that, that, that get back to us and make comments, some of them are in recovery, but a lot of them aren't you know, seeking a solution. So what I want to ask you as a young man, 21 years of age, his whole life ahead of him, um, do you, what do you do with your spare time? Do you have a social life? You know, do you, do you still go out and enjoy yourself? And how's it work, Jay? Of course, man, you know, life is, uh, I've never been more connected to life itself. Uh, from being in recovery you know i've had good times when i was drinking and stuff like that there's no doubt in my mind you know but looking back on them today you know i wouldn't i would never want that again you know it's happened and, and i see it in, in the past and you know today is like i meet i meet my friends uh on a on a physical level you know we'll go to the gym uh, or we'll go to play five sides or seven sides you know football that's the way i see my friends and and you know, a big part for me in my journey was was right at the start when when I stopped reaching out to to my friends that I would see all the time because we were drinking and stuff like that, and and there was not really any contact back. You know, it was a big blow to my to my self esteem. You know, like I'll be actually friends and stuff like that. But the more that I, I mature in my sobriety, the the more I realise that you know we're just we've just gone different paths. You know, and it's okay. You know, it's I'm very happy to see him and and go to the gym and and stuff like that. But you know to today you know really just uh hang about with people in recovery you know and um, we do sober things you know like uh climbing climbing a mountain for sunset you know and stuff like that and and you know just being so connected to to life 
Um, because although you know what, my old pals are fantastic, you know, fantastic people and, and stuff like that, but they just um, we just we just gone other ways and we're just separate, you know. Uh, so as I matured in my sobriety, my interests changed to suit my life, you know. So of course I still enjoy my life, you know. I love my life at the moment and doing sober things and, and feeling connected, you know. Yeah, I love that. I love that because I think a lot of people that, that I call call the ones that don't drink civilians, um, the civilians that are out there watching, and um, you know they, they, they assume that because we don't drink and take drugs that that our lives have stopped. And you've probably only experienced a little bit of unity type events um, because you know um, of lockdown and all the rest of it. But generally um at christmas and well any given opportunity really we're, we're always dancing and partying and getting together but in a sober way you know with sober like sober christmases and having a dance have you experienced any of those type of unity events in in recovery yet jay i have not you know i was supposed to go to uh, i was supposed to go and share at a uk convention this year um in november but of course it was in blackpool for cocaine anonymous but it's got postponed till next year so i've not actually been to a not actually been to a unity event yet you know and, and we were hoping as, as public information to to host one at, at the arches in glasgow next year you know but um it's all been tossed up in the air because of because of lockdown you know it's unfortunate circumstances but uh you know lockdown for me has been amazing you know it's been a roller coaster and it's just i've spent so much time with myself that uh i've learned more about myself you know um, so for me lockdown's been a blessing I'm so grateful that I've got a programme in my life you know for to deal with lockdown you know because that's what the programme is for is for, for dealing with life in, in whatever way it comes at you because you know just because you get clean and sober doesn't mean life is going to stop you know you need you just need to deal with life in life's terms and, and a programme you know helps me to do that so I mean to be honest that's the whole one of the whole reasons that this us doing this came about because of lockdown um, and what happened for us was I've always been of service in the community for 22 years if you can hear banging it's my mum fixing my boiler um, but for the last 22 years I've been of service in, in various fellowships you know in various um, um, community settings as well you know I'm very much involved in my own church community I'm very much involved in fellowship community so I I'm very much just involved in the community and then what happened with lockdown was um everything shut literally everything shut and the only things that were available were our beautiful fellowships and i was so proud and so honored to be part of such an amazing fellowship or such amazing fellowships that literally went online overnight and 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 we were trying to, I mean, you know, like I said, we're involved in lots of different fellowships and, and I could I could hear that, that people were struggling to get the message out there that the fellowships had gone online. And I said to Kev, look, we've got this charity, we've got charitable status a week before lockdown. Why don't we use this platform to tell people that the fellowships have gone online and that if people need help, all they've got to do is pick up the phone. It's that simple, you know. If you need a detox and you need all of those types of other things, then, yeah, of course, you're going to have to speak to your doctor. But meanwhile, get in contact with these people. They're there. They're online. They can. And, and, and that's what we've been doing for the last nine months is literally connecting people, connecting people to CA, to AA, to Al-Anon, for family members, for Co-Anon, for family members of Cocaine Anonymous, 
Fun Anon, NA, um, Gamblers Anonymous as well. We've had a lot of people ringing up with gambling addictions. Um, and to be honest, because of lockdown, we've never had a bigger impact because it's so much easier. I can integrate at least 12 people a day into a recovery process all over the country because of Zoom and because of these platforms that we've got. So, you know, like you, I've utilised this time wisely or I've done what, what's been put in front of me, basically, and done what I believed needed to be done. Yeah, how was your, I mean, obviously, I, I should imagine they're very pleased, but you did, you touched on it about your friends, but how how are your family reacting to you? Did they know about your problem? Did they suspect? And and how are, how, how are they with you now? How do they react to all this? So if the family, you know, is, uh, I'm quite a black sheep. You know, I would, used, I would used to say that in my family because, you know, I'm the only one that took a path of, of drinker drugs, you know, my, my family themselves are, you know, it's alcohol, which is illegal. Uh, and they can put the cap back on the on the bottle, you know, and and so I took a different path, and so I was using stuff around the house, and um, they just weren't aware because they're not aware of the scene, you know, so they didn't know what was going on. They just thought I was I had depression, you know, and and I would go to the doctors and to please them and and say oh, I'm depressed and stuff like that, you know, and I was definitely depressed, you know, I didn't have depression, you know, I was I was using cocaine on a daily basis was my problem and and you know finally I, I came to I came to cocaine anonymous and, and the only thing that I could do was to get honest, you know, and just say, listen, I've because I'm in the doors and like I said, I had that window of opportunity and I got on from my mum and it was a relief. You know, it was such a relief for the family to to have a to have an explanation of, of what I've been doing for the past two years because I didn't speak to any of them for two years. We all lived in the same house. Uh, you know, so it was such a relief for my mum to to know that, you know, and, and it took me a year to to speak to my sister because, like I said, I, I'd done her a really bad one. Um, such a relief for her as well, you know, to see that, you know, I was a year a year gone, you know, I was committed to it and, and was able to, uh, by this time, express myself in such a manner that was convincing, you know, because it was the truth that I was telling, you know, instead of telling lies and, uh, you know, I've had beautiful experiences with my family, you know, within being in the fellowship. You know, my mum came to my 90-day share. You know, she was in a packed room full of, of cocaine addicts and stuff like that, getting hugs and, you know, beautiful. And, and I was able to tell her the ins and outs of my story, you know, from start to finish because I knew I had to carry a message that night, you know, and there's no better way to do it. And, you know, I had, you know, had her in tears, you know, which was just beautiful for me. And then, you know, my year birthday, my my... I have a card from from my mum, my brother, and my sister, and they've all wrote a message in it. You know, and they had me crying. Uh, you know, my brother is someone that doesn't open up emotionally. You know, and on this card, you know, it was just uh, it was just so it was so emotional to see. You know, my brother being able to open up, and and that's all through me now being here emotionally connected. You know, here on an emotional level instead of not being here at all. Uh, so for me, within the family, it's, it's been amazing. You know, listen, it's not been perfect because sometimes I have bad days and, and I can be quite introverted, you know. But we're human beings, you know, we're, we're never going to be perfect. What makes us perfect is that we're imperfect, you know. So, you know, it's not perfect all the time, but I've got my family back due to this, you know. And 
and uh, yeah, it's just it's an amazing process, you know, that we've been through. Oh, beautiful. We've got some lovely messages here. Uh, Felice Jacob says, Jay, you're amazing. I'm very proud of yeah, you, Johnny yeah, Davis. That's my mom. Is that your mom? Yeah. Oh, mom. Uh, hi, mom. Uh, hi, mom. Hi, uh, Davis. Well done, Jay. Great to hear, hear you. Frankie Toner, best thing I ever did was ask for help. Uh, Joanna Laura, so proud of you, Jay. Um, Sam Hughes, you really are amazing, Jay. Uh, and I have to, I have to echo all that. I, I think, I think you're amazing, Jay. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're brilliant. You're doing brilliantly. I think you're very brave. You've come on and you've given your your, your story, and um, and please believe me when I tell you that people will listen to this, and people will benefit from from your experience. Uh, so it's been a pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I, I want you to know, Jay, before we go, I mean, first of all, I want your mum to know I love her. I love you, Felice. Um, I think you're amazing too. But I do, I love you from the bottom of my heart, Jay. I think you're an amazing young man. And please know that you've got recovery family now in Brighton. Absolutely. So if ever you're, ever you're passing, you know, we'll have a roast dinner on the table for you. You've now extend, extended your family, Felice. So now we're, we've gone we've gone as far as far south as you can go so um and it is an honor and a privilege to be to, to 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 meet you and to know that you are part of my recovery family too because like you said like you said in your little bio that you sent me you know there's hundreds of thousands of people in cocaine anonymous worldwide we're a worldwide fellowship kevin and i have been to meetings all over the world barbados Mexico, we had some funny stories to tell you about Mexico. We'll tell you next time. Um, just literally all over the world, we've met some amazing people. Honestly, truly amazing people. And uh, we've had total strangers pick us up from airports, but they're part of our family, you know what I mean? That's how much we love one another because what happens, Jen, you know, you know this, is we connect on a heart level. Yeah. It's not just a, 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 a you know, a, I understand what you're talking about. It's I feel what you're talking about. Absolutely. So it's it's an absolute honour and a privilege to to and I'm sure once this lockdown's finished, you're gonna be hot footing it over to Brighton to do one of our conventions. Yeah, um, sounds good to me. Oh yeah. And honestly, we've loved having you. And before be, very before we go, um I know Cocaine Anonymous in Scotland is it, is it all over Scotland or is it in, just in certain parts? It's, it's not reached places yet, but, you know, I, work, I don't work for, you know, I volunteer for the Public Information Committee, you know, who, who tries to get the message to, to anywhere that's not got it, you know. So you best believe that we're working on places that don't have it. Uh, you know, and we've, we've just launched a, a, a responders programme, you know. So if someone phones the helpline, uh, they tell them what area they're from, the helpline... Um, coordinator will see see if there's a responder in the area or closer to and get them linked up with someone you know so anywhere you are in scotland you'll give the helpline a phone um, and hopefully there's a responder near you that can can come and meet you and and absolutely i second that completely and the great thing is is 
the thing is now is with lockdown and with Zoom, we can virtually go to meetings with people. So like when I've signposted people to Cocaine Anonymous, they've connected them to a responder. And within nanoseconds, you can be speaking to somebody like this. Yeah. And it's and it okay, it's not in person, it's not perfect. Mm. But do you know what? The amount of people that have, have got recovery because of lockdown um it is yeah. Would have been there would have been people that maybe wouldn't have made the doors, you know, because they're sitting at home and uh, maybe their addiction's becoming more visible to them as well to their families and and uh, and you can attend a meeting in the comfort of your own home without having the fear of meeting people face to face, you know. So it's definitely been a blessing, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, brilliant. So for anybody who's out there, you know, just reach out. Um, just take that leap, really. What what have you got to lose? Is what was said to me is what have you got to lose? You've got everything to everything to gain. A couple more. Um, David Nadell here's just saying, "Love you, wee man. Well done." Um, that's beautiful. Some lovely, lovely comments coming in. And what we'll do is we'll continue to share this, um, and we'll ask anybody who's who's um, commented or anybody who watches this to continue to share this because it's and, and what we're using is the hashtag CA Scotland. Okay. Uh, so we can we can just highlight further, you know, for for those people that are still suffering that there is hope and that. All you've got to do is reach out and ask for help, and and you guys will be there. So yeah, thank you so much, Jay. We've not, I'm completely um, excited for your future. Thank I'm you. really excited for your future, and I look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll just thank you guys for the work that you guys are doing, man. It's, it seems to be an amazing platform, you know, to share a message of of the of we can, you know, that we can do this, you know, together. Um, so I thank you guys for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Absolute privilege. Lots of love to you and lots of love to your family and your friends who are watching. All right. God bless. Bye. Nice to meet you, Jay. Thank you. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm one of our volunteer fundraisers here at Kennedy Street. Thanks for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. Please do head over to our website, www.kennedystreetcio.org, for information on how you could be involved in future fundraising campaigns or how you can donate to this great cause.